Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London this week and we are missing Ben and Andy uh, in the States because Ben has got married this weekend. Congratulations, Ben. Um, yeah, I hope you had a great wedding. Sad we couldn't be there. Matt, how was your game week 27 and what is your football highlight of game week 27? Well, congratulations, Ben, too. Uh, uh, a newly married man, uh, although he's had a disappointing game week, unfortunately, for him. Uh, but there we go. Swings and roundabouts for his weekend, I guess. Um, yeah, unlucky in love, lucky in FPL. <laughs> yeah, it's or the other way around. Yeah, or the other way around. One of the way arounds. Um, so, football highlight of the week, I think, is very fresh. Uh, just coming off the uh, Carabao Cup final. And just the remarkable incident of uh, Kepper refusing to get subbed off and Sari absolutely losing his shit um, on the sidelines, like smashing the, uh, the, his clipboard against the seat and, and going a bit nuts. Uh, it was uh, quite, I mean, g- given the game had nothing happened, that was really engaging viewing at the end. Um, fascinating stuff. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? When he walked off down the tunnel and then he clearly realised, if I walk out the stadium or, you know, down to the dressing rooms, that's my Chelsea career over. So he got to the big doors and then went, oh, no, I'm going I'm to come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't um, know if he's still going to, like, be the Chelsea manager after this. I mean, they, I don't know. They've given him some time, like this game and maybe a couple of other games, and he hasn't done particularly well, but... Uh, I mean, remarkable, just like, because I think he even had like a plan to say Caballero might be quite good at pens. So he's like, even tactically, it might have been quite a good call to bring him on. Uh, and he's a former City player, so he might have played, you know, yeah, might have practiced penalties with those particular players as well. Uh, I mean, remarkable that he backed down, really. I mean, but there we go. Uh, I mean, it was just uh, unique scenes, I think, on the on the sidelines there. Uh, yeah, fa- fascinating to see if Ariza Balaga actually plays in the next game for Chelsea or if yeah yeah and I'm not, I've house. not heard the post-match press conferences but um, I'm keen to hear what uh, Sarri has to say about it um, a few, few minutes after the event whether he's still yeah. like absolutely fuming or if he's going to try and like play it down and say oh no I didn't I just thought he was injured or yeah I'll try and play it down but yeah Kepper was yeah. a lucky boy that he saved one penalty otherwise he'd looked really really stupid yeah that's true um, my my football highlight of the week. I, I'm going to be honest. I struggled slightly to find one this week. I was looking out for them, um, but there were <clears throat> today, especially Sunday. There are a couple of really turgid games that I watched. Um, Man United Liverpool. I caught caught probably about three quarters of that, and it obviously a lot of injuries um, destroyed the quality possibly, um, and maybe one for the tactical purist. Um, like you, Matt, you know, a bit of chess, chess-like football, and also with Chelsea, Man City, a very similar thing all the way through extra time. But so my highlight comes from Saturday, and uh, being an Arsenal fan, I quite enjoyed Burnley's win over Spurs, and in particular, Ashley Barnes. He's a player that I love to hate and hate you to like, love. You like the Barnes? Sort of. I do like Barnes. I do. I, I also hate him, and I think he's... One of the one of the worst shit houses in in the Premier League. I, but I just respect him for him. He's like Diego Costa, but English slash Austrian. <laughs> yes, the Austrian manager was watching scouting the match. Um, yeah, presumably to try and just like butter him up after the match um, to say, "Yeah, come on, play for Austria. Um, we'll yeah, teach, we'll teach you some German." And uh, yeah, come. Yeah, a few foreign on international caps. It'd be you, you'll love it. You'll love it, Barnes. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I agree with you though. He's like, well, I I think Burnley are like just as, as a football club, just so old school um, in the way they play. Just four four two, get the crosses in and see if we can win it in the air. And yeah, hus- hassle the defenders and give people a good kick. Yeah, Spurs really just seem to be tripping over those those hurdles, those potential hurdles at the moment. Um, it looks like they're they're definitely out of the title race now, surely. But um, Pochettino lost his rag completely, and yeah, yeah. Just Burnley is again. Finally, it's it's a tough place to go again. It's been a while. I think it's been coming though. That's back. 
that Spurs result, I think, has been coming. Uh, I think they've scraped by in so many games this season. Um, like the one for their record point score and like a distant third. But um, I think a lot of that, like they they might return to the mean a bit. I think that this, this sort of result and I think maybe another couple of results in the next few weeks might be challenging for them, even though people like Kane are coming back. Yeah. Should we crack on with our with our teams? I think you're top of the pile between the two of us. So do you want to start? Yes. So um, a really strange game week uh, because the reduced fixtures meant that it wasn't especially attractive, like picking a, picking a squad for it. Um, and I ended up with far too many players in the Man U Liverpool game. Although I luckily had two defenders playing the Man U Liverpool game, so Lindelof and Robertsman. Um, Basically saved my game week there the, uh, with six points and eight points. Um, I transferred in Buruk for Hamer because um, uh, I thought I didn't want to spend any extra on a keeper. I thought I might keep Edison for, for the weeks after uh, because he, he got me two clean sheets since transferring him in. Um, but Buruk only got one point, uh, but he'll be around for game week 31. So I also got him in for that reason. So hopefully that will that will work out at least it's one point more than more than zero that I got this week. Um, if I hadn't transferred him in. Um, and then Abamyang was the other big, dis- well, it was the really big disappointment. This, uh, he didn't even start and came off the bench for, for one point double to two. Um, and yeah, none of the others really fired, uh, none of the usual candidates. I mean, everyone was talking about Anderson and Son, uh, get on some of the Wolves players. And it, it didn't really happen for like, the classic players. Um, just, just wish I had randomly put Delafau on my team, but Celavi. Yeah, your your transfer this week a four point keeper for four point keeper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably the least sexy transfer you can make. <laughs> yeah, really kept it interesting. Yeah, um, adrenaline junkie of fantasy football there. <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that, I think looking at your team, the shining light is Robertson. He continues to be so consistent in the bonus and, you know, clean sheets for Liverpool. He's now up to 6.8. And I think I was saying it earlier um, to Andy. I think you missed that pod, but I just think he's indispensable at the moment. I'm gutted that I had TAA in my team um, yeah. who didn't play. TAA has been quite maddening in recent weeks, hasn't he? He just, you think he's going to be the cheap version of Robertson, but he just doesn't get the minutes. Um, it's not even the recent weeks. It's since Christmas, I'd say. he's been He's been a bit of a nightmare. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, I think hopefully with my wild card I can sort that out. But it's going to be so expensive to get Robertson by then. Yeah, people are going to be buying him in before the game week thirty-one blank. You um, win some and you lose some with your fancy transfers, um, and then you always like get a certain fondness for those players if if you, if they come off for you. So like this season, I have a particular fondness for Robertson, Son, Doherty. I got on really early as well. Um, so. They're the ones who've done it for me. Less of a fondness for, for Yotta, uh, who's been a bit of a disappointment since transferring in. And um, who was, has someone else time. earlier in the season who was awful? Or Pereira, that was a dreadful transfer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to mention Barkley. Uh, <laughs> that didn't go too well for you either. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, Barkley <laughs> was no... top transferred in one game week. And uh, I, I followed that herd and... It's the done. same. It's the same phenomenon as the Theo Walcott herd. It it comes around every season. There's a Barkley herd. There's a Theo herd, and they should all be ignored in future. We need to remember. Um, my team, I got a pretty terrible twenty-four points. Um, but I I should be feeling worse because um, it's a terrible point score in a game week. Which at the moment, I don't know if the game hasn't fully updated. Um, but it's saying the average points is 35. I don't know how that's possible that average points is 35 when, um, you know, none of the top captain picks um, scored any points. So I, I had Sun captain. I also had Felipe Anderson, who was talked as a differential captain as my vice. He did nothing as well. Obama Yang, I was, I, my trigger finger was ready to hit the button to bring him in for Firmino four or four point hit and bring him as captain because you had him as captain. I knew that. And you're just behind me in the league. And, you know, 
a lot of people have him as captain. I'm an Arsenal fan, and there's nothing worse than watching an Arsenal game and praying <laughs> that your your striker doesn't score. Um, but he didn't start, so that was a bit of a miracle for me. And even when he came on, he looked really dangerous. He was involved in everything. He had chances, but somehow I squeaked through. Um, so, yeah, that that worked out for me. That was really lucky. But I just can't understand how the average is that high when. You know, even Pogba didn't score, Salah didn't score, Rashford didn't score. I can't see where the captain points came from this week. I know it's not a high average, but um, yeah, I can't I can't imagine why people didn't get more low scores like me. So 24 points, um, I got one point return, one player with a, an attacking return or a defensive return, which was Doherty with an assist. Um, ouch. That is ouch. A, a bit of a mare. We must it's be, a bit of a mare. We must be really close now. We are. I think I've just maintained a two-point lead over you. I, I think I've worked it out right, but my maths is appalling, so I might be wrong. You'll have to check that for me. But, um, yeah, I, I don't feel so bad this week because I didn't take a points hit, and that was a big potential. I brought in Pereira for um, Leicester. I got rid of... Um, Wan-Bissaka when I heard the news um, Pereira then conceded four goals <laughs> and looked like he was not involved in the attack whatsoever and then his manager got fired so I don't even know if he's going to play in the team um, going forward but hopefully hopefully this will change Leicester's fortunes because their form is terrible and their fixtures are great and it's a perfect time for a new manager to come in with a manager bounce like Brendan Rodgers and maybe even play Pereira out of position on the right wing. So hopefully that will happen, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, my team has some serious issues after today because Firmino has got an ankle injury. Um, I'm not, we're not sure about the extent of that yet, but it didn't sound particularly good from Klopp in the post-match. Rashford has obviously hobbled through the entire game and couldn't be substituted because all these other subs were used. He also has an ankle injury, so that's a big problem for me. And also Laporte was taken off, um, so he's in my team as well. He was taken off at halftime by Man City. I can't imagine that was for tactical reasons because um, Vincent Company isn't really a tactic. Um, so, yeah, some three free players who potentially won't play, um, so lots of issues, um, and it's going to stop me putting into my plan in action which was to bring in Sergio Aguero for Firmino for his three home games, well not three home games two home games and away game to three of the worst teams in the league for conceding chances Bournemouth, Watford and West Ham I think um, but that, these injuries might have put paid to that plan so that is annoying mm. It's a difficult time, it's difficult with the the template team at the moment is taking a bit of a a hit in the last couple of weeks, so I think people may be shifting off it. And uh, uh, yeah, to, yeah. Do do you get on the Man City players really heavily at the moment uh, for those three game weeks, or do you sort of just ease back a bit and start planning for game week thirty one? I think there's there's so many things to consider with with transfers at the moment because people are thinking about the thirty one blanks. They're also thinking about when they're going to be playing their chips for the double game weeks coming up. Um, you know, does that mean they're going to need to plan for getting in players with a double game week or getting in players who are going to play the blank? Um, so that's kind of a perfect segue um, for us to talk about um, our chip strategies. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and talk chips. Okay, Matt. Have you thought about chips? Have you looked at all the different options? Have you listened to all the podcasts? Or are you kind of winging it at the moment? So I've thought about it a bit and heard some of the podcasts about different options and to be frank, got a bit confused in the end about what was being suggested because there seems to be so many different permutations. Um, I mean, the one, the one thing I'm taking away from at the moment is that the Game Week 31 is so full of bad teams that... Um, I'm not inclined to start shifting my entire squad to just have players that are only in gaming 31 because in those three game weeks, players like the city players have good fixtures. So uh, you could end up just ruining your overall 
point score, just trying to plan for game week 31. So I'm very tempted to free hit in 31 at the moment, um, just so I don't have to think about it at all. Um, and then basically design a team over the next few weeks for game week 32, um, and then maybe play one of my chips uh, in that one, uh, depending partly on form at the time. And because uh, I think the triple captainship, I think I prefer that one to the bench boost. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, you had Sanchez and a triple captain double game week where he got a ridiculous score and, and you overtook me by quite a lot in the end. Um, 75 and, points. Oh, oh painful yeah. times. We were at an Arsenal game together, I think, watching that. And, oh, it was sickening. sickening. There is, that is my idea of heaven. At the game, it's an Arsenal player and you're there with me and he's my <laughs> triple captain. We should I think do it I, again. Yeah, I remember I tripled, tripled up on Arsenal. So I had more Arsenal players on the field than you. But you had a triple captain Sanchez and blew me out of the water. Um, sad times, sad times. Um, so at the moment, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, the other main thought I've got to contribute to the, uh, the numerous uh, people's opinions on, on the, the chip strategy is that the later ones, later game weeks that you get to... Um, you start to get squads that are on the beach and you get uh, a lot of rotation coming in. Um, of course, I mean, these teams aren't playing because they're in cup fixtures. So they're sort of um, playing too many games. So you get random injuries coming in as well. So I'm inclined to maybe uh, do the free hit and the sort of the big chip for the early doubles uh, and the, the games, the, the, what do you call a game week about too many fixtures? Um, Blank. The, yeah, the blank game weeks, uh, because I think the later ones are even more of a lottery, um, and it's really hard if even if you had a free hit to maybe pick a team that's going to do very well. So uh, that's my current thinking, but uh, you sort of got to wait and see because at the moment you say there's there's lots of injuries to players and the template seems to be shifting a bit. That you are uh, you just got to focus on the next three game weeks to a certain extent and not worry about it too much. Yeah, I, I mean the. My only question to you with that strategy, because that's the one when I had a look on paper at my team and what suited, whether it suited the plan for the blanks or plan for the double game weeks with my transfers until then, I I was thinking, okay, my, se- my team is better set up for the double game weeks. I've got more players who are going to be playing double game week 32. So I'll plan towards that with my free transfers until then. But then I, when I sat down and did it on paper, Free hit and 31. I've planned for 32 with my transfers. Great. But then 33 blank comes up. What do you do then? Do you play your wild card in 33? And if you do, you're bringing in lots of players for a blank fixture who aren't going to play in the game week 35 double game week. So I'm assuming that you will not play your wild card until 34 and you'll just try and muddle through game week 33 blank. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Maybe just take take a hit if it needs be to get for the eleven. Um, I mean, I think that blank game week might have less blanks if you understand what I mean, because uh, a few teams have been knocked out of the FA Cup. So uh, I'm hoping that's an easier one to navigate than the one on game week thirty one. Um, so that's part of my thinking for the free hit in thirty one at the moment. You you're kind of changing my mind about it because. It's not just you, it's other things as well. But I decided when I sat down that I was going to plan for the game week 31 blanks. And that was part of my reason for bringing Pereira of Leicester for Wan-Bissaka. Because Wan-Bissaka blanks in 31 and has a double in 32. Pereira plays the blank and doesn't have a double. And Leicester's fixtures are great. But it is is such a problem with my team that... the good players, the Pogba's, the Rashford's, the Sons, the ones who are on form, have a double game week and don't play the 31 blank, even, you know, Doherty as well. Um, so, yeah. So what is your just, current plan then? My current plan was to plan for the, plan a team for the game week 31 blank, um, free hit and 32. Um, and then... Game week 33, I'll also plan for with my transfers because it's going to be, you know, you can pick teams who play both blanks. So Leicester are a good example of that. 
Liverpool are a good example of that. West Ham are a good example of that. There's a few other teams that you can pick who'll play both banks. And even Chelsea, who'll play both blanks and also have a double game week as well. Um, so that was my plan. And then game week 33, I'd be set up. And game week 34, I'd play my wild card. And game week 35, it would be optimized for a bench boost, basically. And then my triple captain, I'd play maybe, I think it's game week 36 for um, Salah against Huddersfield at home. Um, maybe Huddersfield will be relegated by then. Um, Liverpool might still be pushing for the title. There's other options to play the triple captain. You know, Aguero, if he's looking very likely to start in one of the two upcoming home games, um, you know, there's options for that. But um, but I'm wavering now because because it would mean getting rid of a load of value out of my team that to buy back with my wildcard would cost me a lot of, load of money. And the only issue is game week 33 with your strategy. And I've just seen with this blank game week, I planned so well for this. I had 11 players playing and I got 24 points. So, you know, I might as well not have bothered. Um, <laughs> so I think you can, if you build up enough of a, a barrier, you can survive um, a bad double blank game week because most people will get low scores. So, yeah, I think I prefer your strategy a little bit. And I think there is still some leeway for me to change. It doesn't do very well for my mind games and trying to catch you up if I convince you to go and just copy my tactics. Uh. No, but we're so close now, <laughs> two points in it. Um, and I think you're much better set up than me because, you know, I, I'm getting injuries all over the shop now. So um, mm. I've got a fair few myself with Rashford and Juan Basaka. Yota's only just come back from injury too. Um, yeah. But yeah, the one thing with your, your tactics is that the free hit in 32... I think could be a potentially massive score for those that play it because you can pick the absolute perfect team for a double game, a very large double game week. Um, I think that's one where people could get, get uh, kind of season changing scores potentially. Um, yeah. and I'd, I'd be playing a chip of sorts, but I wouldn't be able to pick the perfect team for that necessarily. And like you say, with injuries coming up to that point in this busy time of the season, um, you, you could build a team towards it and then find out that they're, you know, you lose three of them on the way and you can't quite make it up. So, yeah. 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 I mean, say you, that, I don't know, the players like Delefeu or something like that, just, or Almiron, just get on a massive form. You can, you can just get, just back them for that double game week massively. And uh, you could get big points. And I don't know whoever would be on form that week, but at the moment it feels like all the players that we've got in our squads, some of them are looking a bit tired and aren't quite scoring the points like they used to. I mean, Rashford could be injured for a little bit now. Um, and yeah, well, well, we'll we, I mean, uh, yeah, wan has just got, got out as well. Uh, Yotta's not really done it for a while. Uh, Felipe Anderson's not done it for a while. Aubameyang's done a bit of a bad run. Dinya, I've still got Tim in my squad at the moment, but he's, uh, each week you sort of think he's going to get positive points. So, uh, it feels yeah. like it's it's different players you want to be having right now. So it's it's really going to be an interesting time because the template is going to be breaking up, and people are going to be going different ways with their chip strategy. If you if you haven't already um, sat down with a piece of paper and a pen, or with um, the spreadsheet that Ben Krellin um, provides on his Twitter account, I recommend you do so because I listen to all the podcasts I could get my hands on. Um, to find out all the different chip strategies. And until I actually sat down with a piece of pen and paper um, and Ben Krellin's spreadsheet, I couldn't actually work out how it all fitted together because it was all confusing. You know, three hit, 32, 33, 34, blank game weeks. It didn't make sense until I sat down, so I recommend doing that. Um, I think we should probably leave it there. I'm sure we'll come back to it a lot over the coming weeks. But, um, yeah, I think... You've definitely convinced me a little bit more about your strategy. And I know it was nice you tried to convince me of my own there, but I don't think it's going to work, Matt. It's going to block you completely. Hashtag um, mind games. <laughs> um, should we take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and do the Game Week 28 preview? 
Okay, first up for Game Week 28 preview, um, it's me with Cardiff Everton. Um, I think this one is going to be a game for Everton attackers, to be honest. Um, Everton have had the blank um, because of the Carling Cup final, so they're going to come into this fresh. Um, Cardiff have just come off the back of a 5-1 mauling um, by Watford, and that was a home game for them. So similar to this fixture where they're playing at home to Everton. Um, Delefeu obviously ran riot. It'd be lovely if Richarlison would do that um, for me. Um, I do worry slightly that Richarlison is going to be the same as it was last season for me when I kept him for far too long and his value just dropped and dropped and his form fell off a cliff and I still clung on to him. If I go with the game week 31 blank strategy, I have to hold on to him. So that's a bit annoying. That's another reason maybe to go for your strategy, Matt. But yeah, I think this is one for Everton assets. Um, I, it's amazing to see Sol Bamba still scoring. Um, he got a goal in game week 27, but um, yeah, I, I'd be... I'd be up for Richardson for this one. Um, and I'd be leaving Cardiff players on the bench. Um, you can jump into that, Matt, or you can <laughs> grab Huddersfield Wolves. It's up to you. Yeah, I mean, I guess Everton should be well-rested, shouldn't they? I mean, they've been on bad form, but you've got to think that, that they're the better team. They're, they're better rested. Cardiff just got absolutely smashed. Um, so they've got to be strong favourites there. Uh so I think it might be like last chance saloon for a lot of the Everton players, like Dinya and Richarlison. Yeah, and because their fixtures after this do not look great. Um, yeah, so maybe hang on to them for this fixture and then jettison if it doesn't look good. Yeah, or if they score you some points, then uh, just ha- hang on anyway because uh, yeah. you, you know, you're blinded by the points. What do you reckon to Huddersfield Wolves? So Huddersfield Wolves, it's, it's I feel like it's like, prediction that we do every single game week that oh it's Huddersfield so they will lose they won't score so if you've got Wolves defenders uh, like Doherty and Bennett then they're strong favourites to get a clean sheet um, and you suspect that Jimenez up front uh, will will probably nick a goal or two because Huddersfield just look uh, look like they're, they're relegated now uh, and they know all the players sort of know it and I think it only takes like one one thing to go wrong in their match and suddenly their heads drop at the moment. That's, that was the sense I got from watching the highlights of their game against uh, Newcastle. Um, that they, they just can't seem to contribute too much to matches. So uh, I think most, most squads have uh, lots of Wolves assets um, and this looks like a nice juicy tie for them. Um, I'm really an, annoyed I don't have Jimenez on my team and I've been wishing to get him for weeks and weeks but always had another transfer that I had to do instead. So... Um, I'm tempted yet again to to transfer him in for this one. Yeah, me too. I'm gutted that I haven't had him all season. Um, and same same thing. I've always wanted to, but there's always been another reason not to. So um, I'll race you for him. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, it's Leicester Brighton. That's one for me. Um, this one is, I think, quite dependent on what happens with Leicester. If they have uh, a new man who's in charge, then they could get an immediate new manager bounce. Even if they have a new manager in the stand, you know, interested but not signed up yet, I think that could have an effect. Um, It's been talked that, um, you know, senior players like Vardy were having spats with Puel and um, him leaving and them maybe taking more control of the dressing room again might... uh, bring them back into form or, you know, them wanting to show that um, they're still the Leicester of old. Leicester's form is pretty shocking if you look at it. Um, I'm just going to bring it up. I think they've lost four of their last five games. Um, The other one they drew. But then in a funny kind of quirk, Brighton's form is exactly the same. They've lost four of their last five and drawn the other one. So two teams on a terrible run of form. but I think, you know, Brighton are away from home and Leicester have the potential for a bit of a boost with the manager or even if the manager doesn't come in just with the senior te- players taking over the dressing room. Um, so Brighton aren't a particularly great goal threat away from home and I'm hoping that Pereira will 
people do good and Leicester's fixtures are absolutely fantastic from here on. Um, Harvey Barnes has been looking like a player with a lot of potential. I'm really annoyed that his price isn't lower um, considering that he's he's not a huge player. 5.5 seems a little high, um, but he's been getting a hell of a lot of shots away recently. He got an assist in the last game. Um, he's been looking really dangerous and he's a real enabler um, with great fixtures. It's just, you just don't know if a new manager is going to play him as much as Puel was. So it's a tricky one. Shout out to Gary, who I think he said he was quite drunk when he did this, brought in Telemans for Leicester. What do you think of that transfer, Matt? Um, well, it, it didn't come off this week. Uh, uh, he has got more points than this his game week, so I can't say too much like to, to, to mock or laugh. Um, but yeah, certainly a gutsy, gutsy pick there. Uh, very much the Maverick move, trying to back Tienemans, who's, as far as I remember, having seen him in Europe occasionally and for Belgium, just sort of sits in the middle, playing nice passing football, enabling everyone else to to get the kind of assists and goals. But um, he had a couple of long shots, I guess, and the highlights that I watched. But uh, yeah. I mean, he he might come off, uh, but but it's certainly a, a punty one. I think uh, I think a player I'm quite interested in is oh, really? Madison. Oh, Ma- oh, I thought you said Tinnemans. No, no, Madison. His price now has dropped to six point six, and I would imagine surely, with the new manager, with a new manager coming in, some talk of it being Brendan Rodgers. I imagine that Madison is going to get the game time rather than Puel giving him sixty minutes, seventy minutes. Sometimes not playing him. Sometimes just giving him twenty minutes. I imagine the new manager is going to come in and say, "Okay, you're num- you're number ten. You're playing." because he has looked um, really bright this season and it's strange why he hasn't been given all the minutes. So at that price and with those fixtures, I think if you're planning for the game week 31 blanks, then he looks like a really good player to have on set pieces and all those kind of things. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends so much on the new manager and what, what type of manager they are. Because I'd be potentially tempted by some of their defenders too if, um, if, say, they get a manager who gives them a bit more solidity for these easy fixtures coming up. Because if you I could think... like, cream in some clean sheets, maybe someone like Chilwell who goes forward as well, might yeah. get the occasional assist. I just think, I think it's just a great opportunity to bring in Leicester players because the new manager bounce is a thing and the fixtures are fantastic and the squad is underperforming to where it should be. So surely Brighton, Watford, Fulham coming up, um, you know, a sea of green, even Bournemouth, Huddersfield and Newcastle after that. Um, I think now is the time to bring them in, even though they, they seem to be on a terrible run of form. I think it's going to change either through the fixtures or through the new manager. Um, yeah, so get them in. Matt, what do you reckon to Newcastle-Burnley? Um, so, I reckon... So I'm just going to get up. Um... That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, well, Burnley on a as we were saying earlier, just sort of uh, the classic Burnley form, uh, sort of whipping those crosses in and uh, Barnes and Woods are, is causing all sorts of problems. Um, but likewise, Newcastle seem to have uh, been on quite a good run of form. So it's like it's sort of the inverse of the Leicester-Brighton game where it's two teams that are quite average but are doing quite well right now. Um, so I can see Newcastle being at home, I think, means they're just slight favourites in my book for this one. Uh, but it'd be maybe a, a goal-scoring draw, I think, would be my prediction. Um, but, yeah, I'm very tempted to get Barnes in. Um, I think Rondon was my gut punt from last week, and that came off quite nicely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of the Newcastle assets, too. Um, they don't have a great run of fixtures, but um, they're, they seem to be sort of uh, quite, quite nicely priced, some of them. And for... Uh... You know, defenders, there is no better team than, you know, cheapness and quality of defence. Um, I think anyone who brought in a Newcastle defender this week has got to be happy with that clean sheet. It was pretty easy to predict and it was a, a good move. But then Burnley up next, I mean, like you said, they're on good form, but are these two teams just going to cancel each other out and it's going to be a nil-nil? Um, yeah, I think they also play 31 Um tough fixture with Bournemouth away 
play 33 with Crystal Palace at home. Um, so, yeah, I think players like Yedlin, Lascelles, Shaw, I think those are a good budget enablers in a solid defence that plays the blanks coming up, really. So, yeah. Not a bad shouts. Um, Arsenal Bournemouth. This is one for me. Um, I think this one, we're going to see Aubameyang back in the team. Um, he was rested after the Europa League, so he didn't start in the last game. We're going to see him back. All those managers who captained him last week, um, I think, should seriously consider not being put off and captaining him again. Um, it's that's he, easier said than done, though. If you have him and you can switch to Aguero, it's uh, a very tempting move right now after several weeks of disappointment. Yeah, but I think what you can say with Aubameyang is that you're pretty sure he's going to start because he didn't start the last one. He's the main striker. His home record is awesome and Bournemouth's defence is not one of the best in the league. Um, this is the kind of fixture where he could go mad, whereas Aguero has just played extra time with City. Tough game. Jesus is surely waiting in the wings uh, for a start for a relatively... Um, you know, less intense, you'd imagine, fixture. It's just whether he's available and fit. There's, he has, he's got a yellow flag with a hamstring injury. I don't know how long he's supposed to be out for. Um, it doesn't say on the site, but if there's any talk pre-game that he might start or that he's fit, um, I'd just be wary about Aguero and whether he's going to play mm. and whether he's going to start. It all depends on Jesus, really. Yeah, maybe one more gamble with Aubameyang. He's on thin ice, though. I think it's not a gamble. I think, you know, City will have two good games afterwards. So even if you want to switch after this game from uh, Aubameyang to Aguero, one game isn't going to make a big difference. And this is a great fixture for Aubameyang. So I think he he's more likely to start um, than Aguero and more likely to play more of the minutes as well. So I think he'd be a good call. Um, Mkhitaryan as well, back on form, back in the team. Um, got in a goal, got, um, I think, 14 points. Um, so he must have got three bonus in the last game. Um, yeah, him back on form is a, a big thing. And he's a really cheap price. I think he's 6.7. So he's another potential. Obviously, Kolasinac, um, Arsenal's main attacking out, out output on the left fullback um, is a great one to have in your team. If you have, have him play him. Um, yeah. I think this is a win for Arsenal. Um, Matt, do you want to jump in with the Southampton Fulham or, or any Arsenal Bournemouth thoughts? No, I think you've, you've taught me off the ledge um, on a rage transfer of a Bami Yang out. Uh, I might stick with him for one last game. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, uh, Arsenal assets look quite quite attractive at the moment. Kolasinac, I, I would, wouldn't mind if he was in my team at the moment. Mkhitaryan looks very nicely priced. Iwobi got injured, didn't he, I think? Yeah, he did. He came off. Um, but I think uh, Ozil, especially with Iwobi going off, I think Ozil's more likely to play in this next game. And I'm not suggesting people bring him in, but um, I think it's the kind of fixture where he might get a start because... It's not the most physical team in the world and he doesn't like it up him. So mm. it's kind of a perfect home fixture for him in the sunshine to weave his magic. Um, but Arsenal assets, yes, they're looking good. But then after this Bournemouth game, it's Spurs away and then Manchester United at home and then they blank. So I think they're great if you have them, but I don't think that I'd be bringing them in. At the moment. Mm. Mm. Um, so Southampton, Fulham, um, I think much like my Huddersfield uh, predictions, um, I think Fulham at the moment look like a team that have already relegated. Uh, they uh, are both missing chances up front and then I think they got apparently uh, sort of out outplayed by West Ham quite convincingly for most of the match on Friday night. Um, and they just can't defend. So I think if, if you have a Southampton asset, then... Uh, there's, a, there's good chances that they could get some points in this one. Uh, but then Southampton aren't a brilliant side, so I wouldn't be rushing to sub in Southampton players, but I'd expect a Southampton win in this one. 
I think a lot of people will have Bednarek. Um, he was kind of in vogue a few game weeks ago, 4.0 and playing defender. So would you be playing him in, in this fixture? Um, probably, depending on what my squad looks like. But yeah, he looks uh, like a good shout. I think Ful- the one thing with Fulham, though, is they do score goals. So, I mean, they'll probably lose, uh, but they do get the odd goal because they're not... Babel and Mitrovic aren't bad going forward. Um, they just... That's just great at missing really easy chances but they still get quite a few chances and, and finish some of them I saw the first half of um, West Ham Fulham and Fulham came out the traps really quickly and looked like a different team you had um, Seri kind of bursting through the midfield and creating opportunities they looked like a, a different team and it was it was sad that he got taken off I think at half time him and Sessegnon who combined for the goal um, yeah, it was a it was a weird one, but I I agree. I think Fulham do have the potential to score goals, even though they concede a hell of a lot. I think that Babel's been a good signing. I think he's looked dangerous, and Mitrovic continues to be a real handful. So yeah, I'm not so sure about playing my Southampton defenders. If we had other options, I might I might go for those instead. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, it's Chelsea Spurs. Um. This one, this one's quite a tough one. In the past, I think this was the Battle of the Bridge. Um, it was a pretty feisty one a, a few seasons ago. Um, I think it is a, a bit of a derby. It does have a bit of a reputation as of being more of a derby than people realise as well. Um, two teams that don't particularly like each other very much. Um, but I think Spurs, are. I imagine they will be fired up having just lost to Burnley and Pochettino will have given them the hairdryer, I'm, I'm sure. Um, Chelsea have just played a draining 120 minutes and lost. Um, their manager has smashed up his clipboard and nearly stormed out. The keeper has made a, a laughing stock of the manager by refusing to be subbed off. Um, so I think I'm, I'm edging towards Spurs in this one. Harry Kane's back. His finish against Tom Heaton was awesome. Um, kind of with the outside of his right toe, um, poking it in. And yeah, I mean, back on form straight away, straight in the team. Son looked like he wasn't um, wasn't completely in the game against Burnley. I'm worried that maybe tiredness is catching up with him. Um, but hopefully not. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the 120 minutes for Chelsea... Um, and their la- lack of depth or the lack of the ability for Sarri to play a different team, he likes to play the team he plays, um, means that Spurs will have the edge in this one. Um, so, yeah, I'd be holding on to Son. I wouldn't be getting rid of him yet. If you're planning on getting rid of players who aren't playing in 31, I'd, I'd hold for a little while. I think he could be dangerous against Arsenal coming up as well. So, yeah... Kane, Kane is something we really need to consider because he's back and he's going to have a double game week coming up soon. So we need to make space for him in our teams, um, potentially. What do you reckon, Matt? You're working towards 32. Are you considering him? Yeah, so it's one of those where, um, because I'm not going to sub him in the next couple of weeks because he's got some uh, difficult fixtures. Um, he's definitely in the back of my mind it's just like to, to watch how he plays and see if he's, he's going to be the the player that's worth 12.4 million um, because it's quite a lot of money. You have to play around if your squad quite a lot to get him in. But if he starts to uh, sort of try and blast his way towards a golden boot again, uh, then you, you've got to have him in for those doubles. I just think, you know, he's going to try and do that. And uh, maybe not with Chelsea away. And maybe that's a tough one. I'm not so sure it is with the, with the tiredness and the way that the atmosphere is there, but then Arsenal at home in game week 29, he loves playing against Arsenal. It's at home, although it's Wembley. Um, but Arsenal's defence is not looking pretty at the moment. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe getting him in early. Um, but I, I can see why you might want to wait, especially coming back from injury as well. Yeah, I mean, especially with Lorente on the bench. I mean, what a threat that man is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon to Palace, Man United? Um, so... Palace uh, had come off a very good win uh, on Hodgson's. Was he's the oldest manager now in the 
ever to have managed in the Premier League. It was at the stat, I think, this weekend. It was, yeah. Um, so they're they're looking pretty solid at the moment. And so as a Man U fan, this looks like quite a difficult game going away to Palace um, at this time of year. Uh, but and, and Man U also got quite a lot of injuries just from um, from Sunday's game today. So uh, I worry for United. Uh, my my head says this will be uh, a draw, uh, but my heart says, oh, come on, United will keep winning and we'll, we'll win somehow. Um, but I, I think I'm relying on someone like Pogba just turning up with a bit of magic just to, to steal the game um, and get Manu the win in this one. Um, yeah. But I don't think it'll be easy. And I think Manu assets like Rashford, if he, if he is injured... Uh, could could be sort of a meaning of the, the changing of the template template. I I agree. I think this is going to be a tight one. I think Pogba has been awesome recently, but I think he's linked up with Rash, Rashford a huge amount. And with Rashford gone, um, I'm not sure Lukaku's going to be the man to step into that that void. Um, and also, like you say, yeah, Lingard. I'm not sure about Martial. If they're playing Sanchez, I'm going to be. I'm going to be Andy and say that it's it's not working for him, so that's not going to be a particularly successful um, left wing for United. Yeah. yeah, I mean Pogba's movement has been great into the box, uh, and he's been great at passing and linking play. But if if no one ahead of him makes any runs, like Lukaku and Sanchez, that uh, seem just to be standing there staring at, at play and not really making the runs off the ball, uh, then. You can see how Man United's tactics and system will uh, really clog up with those guys in the team instead of the sort of the, the speedsters like Martial and Lingard and, and Rashford. So uh, yeah. it, it, the whole whole United machine could collapse with those just those few injuries. Um, yeah. It'd be a good test for Solskjaer. I think as well with Palace with Batshuayi in the team um, and Zaha kind of freed up slightly to with a, a bit more of a wing attack role. Um, I think they're they're looking like a, a complete team now. They've got a striker who's good. Um, Zaha can play the the place he wants to play on the pitch. Um, he was really effective against Leicester on the counter attack, and they look like they have an attach an attack now to match their defence. Um, I think a lot's been mentioned about how well Andros Townsend has played this season as well. So you know you add him to the mix and Max Meyer in in midfield and. Milovojevic still having a good season. I think I think it could be a really tough one for United and potential Bernanskin. So yeah, yeah, nice one. Um, next up it's Liverpool Watford. Um, this one is hopefully where my captaincy is going to go with Salah. That's what I'm thinking at the moment. I'm. It's a tricky one for people who have a Bamiang as well and Aguero. Um, there's a few different captain options this week but um, without having either of them at the moment I'm, my bus team has Captain Salah um, Watford I thought looked really good against Cardiff um, some of their passing moves, you know, keeping the ball um, probing attacks Delafeu looked obviously with his hat-trick really dangerous but Dini, um, Dini looked good linking up with him that's quite a, quite a powerful partnership you know, the big and strong man and the pacey tricky winger come striker um, Liverpool still don't look themselves, I don't think. Um, I, I'm hoping that TAA was rested um, rather than they had any worries about injuries against United because Milner played instead. So I'm hoping rested and he's going to come in for this fixture. Um, but I'm, I wouldn't be sure of a, a clean sheet, to be honest. I think Liverpool's defence still playing Matip aren't the, the Liverpool defence of the earlier in the season with Gomez or even with Lovren. Um, so I think I think they could be at risk of conceding in this one, especially if they're pushing up the pitch with um, Delafay on the break. Because um, Watford can play football. Yeah, I mean, Sturridge is, is potentially going to play in this one. It, it looks like Firmino's injured. Um, I have to watch the injury news for that one, but um, I'm not sure that Sturridge is going to add particularly much. He didn't look particularly impressive in the United game. Um, maybe Shakiri will come in, but again, I wasn't particularly impressed with him either, and he hasn't been great recently. So, off the bench. So, I think this is a, a 
this is a tricky fixture for Liverpool. Um, not at their fluid best. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of talking myself into getting in Aguero or, or getting in some other captaincy option because I'm not sure about them. I know Watford have conceded a huge amount of shots, but um, I don't think Liverpool are fully up to speed at the moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think you'd maybe just a touch negative on Liverpool there. I mean, the, their defence hasn't conceded many recently, uh, even with Matip in there. And I don't know, I suspect, I, I feel at home Liverpool will will grind out a victory here that they're not so bad. I mean, they just, they did play away at Old Trafford. And so it wasn't the worst result in the world for them. Um, and Watford, I think as well, I mean, they, they looked great but they were playing against Cardiff, who completely collapsed when Delafeu turned it on. But we know Delafeu only turns it on just once in a blue moon. It's really hard to predict. So uh, it, it doesn't mean they'll be have quite the same attacking potency the next game week. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think about whipping boys and who's going to run riot. And I just don't see Liverpool running riot at the moment. And that's who I want my captain to be playing in. I want them to be playing in that team that game week who scores five goals. Um, I'm not sure that's Liverpool at the moment. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, Man City, West Ham, last one of game week 28. What do you reckon, Matt? So this is the the usual... Well, this could be the contender for the whipping boys with Man City in a dangerous goal-scoring form, except for today when they didn't score a goal. Um, and at home, West Ham, don't look like a team that travels particularly well. Um, they're sort of safe in mid-table, but that's not a mid-table position that's been built on a decent defence. It's just been built on being able to score goals. Um, and so I can see Man City uh, winning this one fairly comfortably. Um, and so, it's, it's as you say, it, as we, I think we've been saying previously, it's about maybe following the news conferences to see what, what the lineup might be. And, and uh, I'm very tempted to get in on Aguero or Sterling or or one of the other Man City attacking assets. Yeah. Um, it's just tricky knowing what the rotation is going to be after extra time in the League Cup final, isn't it? Mm, that is that is the conundrum on that one. Um, and of course, we might not know by the time that the game week uh, starts uh, what Man City lineup is. Guardiola's so difficult to, to predict on these things. Uh, but... You've got to think that it might be worth gambling on putting a City player in, even if they do get rested, because if they do play, then they could could be in for a really big score. Yeah, I I would be backing Sane to start this fixture, just because he he didn't get very many minutes um, this weekend. I know he hasn't been in the team recently, but um, he scored the winner in the Champions League or scored the equaliser in the Champions League, I think. Um, so he's going to be fresh. Um, and I think he's going to be up against Zabaleta um, as well, if he's playing on the left wing where he normally does. And Zabaleta has looked sorely off the pace recently. Even against Fulham, um, he couldn't really handle it. So I think that could be that could be an open goal, either for Sterling or for Sane. Whoever's playing out on that left flank could get a lot of joy. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, uh, Sterling's a player I really like to get in my team, but he's really difficult to afford, which makes Sane all the more tempting. But then, I, I think it's Guardiola so difficult to predict because he just got dropped out of, out of the blue. And uh, I don't, you don't get the sense he's just fully been worked back into the team uh, with De Bruyne back fit now. He, he quite likes playing Bernardo Silva um, in advanced positions. David Silva came off during the game so he's a bit rested yeah it's so difficult to predict it is and Mara's not even getting the minutes at the moment and you know a completely fresh top quality player just waiting around for a start so yeah, yeah. perfect for but, a midweek game yeah it's a nightmare um but I think the the key one there is Jesus injury news looking for the updates before the game week and if if Pep says he's not looking good then you've got to be pretty sure that Aguero is going to be starting and he's starting against a a West Ham defence that did not look particularly good against Fulham. Um, So if you're looking for a captaincy option that isn't Salah um, and isn't Aubameyang, then I think that's a pretty good one. Mm. Um, Okay. What about whipping boys, Matt? 
we've talked through the fixtures. Who do you think are your whipping boys for game week 28? So I'm going to go for that Man U West Ham. Uh, sorry, Man City against West Ham. I think that's that's the most likely candidate for the whipping boys, West Ham. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think the West Ham defence has not looked pretty good. So um, yeah, we're in agreement. They are our whipping boys. Um, what about gut punts? Should we have a look at our gut punts from last week? Um, so we don't have the updated table yet. I think we need. Um, Shout out to Gary to send us the latest in terms of points and who's leading. I think last I checked, you were quite far in the lead. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be staying in the lead because your gut punt this week was Rondon. He got got a goal. Yeah, he got a goal. I think he got an assist as well, actually. So it's, uh, he came off really well. Um, wow. I, got, I got in early there, I think, in last week's pod. Because I think Andy wanted to put him in. So <laughs> You got in Andy. the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andy instead went for Chicharito, who kind of scored with his hand. Um, so, yeah, he's going to get the points for that as well. Massive cheat. <laughs> um, ben went for Antonio. I'm not sure. Did Antonio get an assist? He got a goal. He got a goal. He got a goal. Oh, well, there you go. It's all coming up great for everyone else. Um, and Gary went for Yedlin, who was also his captain and a serious Maverick pick as captain. Um Returned him a solid 10 points as captain, which I think was genius in a game week where captaincy options weren't looking good and a clean sheet for Newcastle against Huddersfield was pretty dead on. And I think that was a great call. So he's got a good score this week um, and a return in his gut punts. Um, I managed to miss my gut punt last week. I didn't put one in, so I'm, I'm going to fall down the table quite a long way. But game week 28, I'm going to hopefully pull it back um, I'm going to go for Barnes, my mm. favourite man. I love to hate and hate to love. Giles Barnes, Ashley Barnes, not Giles. Barnes. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you can have him, whoever he is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not getting any points. It's a tough fixture for him away to Newcastle, but I, I think he's on. He's on the kind of form where he's in the same kind of stats figures as Aguero for big chances and shots and things like that so um, I'm just going to get on the Barnes train while it's rolling what about you Matt? Um, I'm going to go for Mkhitaryan uh, I don't. Th- I think he's quite low in the picks uh, because he's been in and out of the squad but Arsenal at home, Mkhitaryan just on 14 points uh, he looks like he's a, a player who could uh, get some goals and assists Yeah, I think we've been crying out for uh, player like him to come back to the team and get some goals from midfield because we've been sorely lacking midfield goals. We're so reliant on Lacazette and Aubameyang. So, um, yeah, looking good this game weekend. I'm sure he will have a field day potentially against Bournemouth. Um, just to round up the other ones, Gary has gone for Almiron for Newcastle, who looked really bright uh, against Huddersfield. Um, so we'll see if he can do that against Burnley or whether he's going to get cut in half by Ben Mee. Um, I think maybe the latter, but he did look very bright, so we'll see. Ben has gone for Neves, um, which we're going to give him because he's getting married. So this is a, a crap wedding present. He is 10, 10, 10% owned, so he doesn't qualify under 5%. But as a wedding present, Ben, you're allowed Neves. Um, as dangerous as he is, you could have gone someone much better, but <laughs> Neves it is. Yeah, um, yeah. you had a free pass, Ben. We'd allowed any player, but yeah. Neves, you're welcome. You can have him. To be honest, we didn't tell him he had a free pass, but um, he does, and it's Neves. Andy has gone for Yotta, um, stealing my tactic of just going for Yotta until his uh, ownership goes up. But because of his slightly drop in form recently, his ownership hasn't gone past five percent. So um, Yotta for Andy, and he's in your team as well. Although you some talk that you're not very keen on him. Well, yeah, I mean, you've been saying how you, you, you back him until he actually eventually scores in the gut punts. Uh, ever since his hat-trick, he's not really done it, unfortunately. I mean, he got a bit injured, so his minutes have been a bit down. Um, and he's, yeah, I, I, I subbed him in. I thought, yes, I'm really pleased I've got Yotta in. He looks like he's going to start firing like he did in the championship. Um, and he seems to be finding some form. He's a midfielder who plays up front. So I thought, yeah, I've got a striker quite cheap. Um, but he, yeah, he hasn't been doing it in recent game weeks, and 
I think he had a a chance um, in based on the highlights in their last game, but he's he's definitely one of those that I'd be tempted to push out at the moment. But um, with with the juicy fixture like Huddersfield, I'll be keeping him for at least one more game week. I think that's fair enough. Um, speaking of juicy fixtures, should we pick some juicy clean sheets? Mm. Uh, well, can I go for Wolves then uh, on that theme against Huddersfield? You can indeed. Yep. That's the solid strategy. Just pick Huddersfield for your first clean sheet. Um, whew, next up for me, I see a clean sheet definitely in Newcastle versus Burnley. I'm just not sure which way I see it. Um, might go. Is is a bit tough this week. I might go for Newcastle. Rafa doing the business. Hopefully, no, I can't do that. Can I? I've gone for actually. Yeah, I see puns. <laughs> That's my gut pun. I'm going to go for Burnley. <laughs> Are you backing yourself there. <laughs> I'm hedging my bets. I've gone for Burnley. Burnley, okay. Burnley away at Newcastle. Um, I'll go for Man City hosting West Ham then. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd think that would be an obvious one, but I think City do like to concede in those easy games and West Ham's definitely have an attacking threat with an Anatovic back. Um, yeah, back to me, and it's still pretty tough. I'm struggling to see them, if I'm honest. Um, I'm going to go... Back my boy Pereira, Leicester at home to Brighton. Mm, that's quite a good one. Um, I'd probably, well, I'm going to back myself on saying Liverpool at home against Watford. I think Liverpool will be will be too strong. I do think they are still quite solid at the back. Um, I think their style of play at the moment, they're a lot more conservative than they are last year. But that's meaning more clean sheets and less attacking flair. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, I don't know if I can see many more. I I think Bournemouth look pretty good going forward at the moment um, and have done most of the season. So I, I don't see a clean sheet for Arsenal. Um, yeah, even Everton away to Cardiff, I see them conceding, even though I think that they'll win that game. Spurs, Chelsea, I think I concede. Palace United, I think both can concede. So... That's me done. If if you can see any more, shout, Matt. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think everything else is um, crashing. So that's um, that's a great week where I I'm looking to play a four four two. So lots of defenders in my team. So even more re- reasons to maybe take a hit. Um, next up, captains and transfers. Um, I'm going to jump in first um, and have a look at my team. Uh, Captain C, I mentioned that um, my bus team captain is Salah. Um, transfers at the moment is is so dependent on injuries. I've got Laporte, um, who the game is now updated and is saying he's got a muscle injury and that's why he came off. So I'm going to watch the injury news on that. Firmino's ankle injury, I'm going to watch on that. Rashford's ankle injury, I'm going to watch on that as well. Um, I highly recommend the um, Fancy Football Scout news conference uh, roundup, uh, team news roundup, um, just, you know, the day of the deadline that they do. Um, I, yeah, I listen to that one every week and it's always helpful. Like this week, for example, with Wan-Bissaka, um, that was a couple of hours before the deadline and that was kind of vital to wait to hear that news. Not that it did me any good because the player <laughs> I brought in got zero, same <laughs> as Wan-Bissaka, but, um, you know, it, just getting those kind of last minute um, injury news updates can be really helpful. And with three, three injured players and a Urente, I'm going to need it this week. So yeah. Who's to say what my transfer will be out of those three. Um, what about you, Matt? So a bit similar. I need to rate on Rashford. Um, and at the moment I've got Salah uh, as, as my bus team captain with Aubameyang vice. Um, and looking at my squad, I, I mean, I've got, a nice four four two if Rashford is playing, um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a massive fan on Dinho at the moment. I'd rather have him as first sub. So I think I definitely need to make a transfer in that improves that first eleven. And um, I've got some money in the bank, so I'd, I'd love to get someone like um, Jimenez in, 
or uh, uh, well, I'm even tempted by someone like Barnes, your, your gut punt at the moment. Um, but the other thing that I was coming into this podcast thinking I was sorely tempted to do is to to swap Obama Yang for Aguero, having got so burnt over the last few weeks with Aguero's goals and Obama Yang just letting letting us down. So uh, it really is up in the air at this at this stage, and I've just got to watch the news conferences and and sleep on sleep on it basically. Do you know I um I was saying I was so close to bringing in Obama Yang this week, and I held off held my nerve and it worked out and my plan was to bring in Aguero for his three fixtures um, starting in game week 28 against teams who concede a lot of shots mm. and it was all set up I can make the switch exactly from Firmino to Aguero woke up the next morning got a notification to say Firmino's price had dropped and I'd even checked the price drop sites and I don't think it looked like it was going to drop and it dropped and I'm now 0.1 out of being oh. able to afford Aguero. So annoying and that was the plan. Um, so yeah, I think maybe a hit this week. Um, yeah. Mm. Maybe a hit for Firmino and someone else like Laporte or Rashford coming out to, to fund that. But, um, but we'll have to see. Um if you don't follow us already on uh, Twitter, give us a follow at FBLFFFanatics. Um, Ben's doing some great work on there and get in touch with us through that if you want to shout us out for anything. Um, so I think that's all from us. Um, say farewell, Matt. Farewell. Come on, what last chance for Bamiyang? It is indeed. And Farewell, the farewell tour for Claude Puel, as Ben called out a few weeks ago, has ended. So farewell, Claude.